You're listening to the Small Business Talk podcast with Kathy Smith. Small Business Talk is a podcast for business owners and entrepreneurs who want a better way to run their businesses without spending years doing it the hard way. Small Business Talk is hosted by Kathy Smith, who has run the same marketing agency for more than 17 years and helped hundreds of business owners achieve their marketing goals. Welcome to Small Business Talk, episode 106. Today, my guest is David Ashton, and David is from Corporate Supremacy. And today we're going to be talking about tips to write successful tenders for your business. So welcome, David. Thank you, Kathy. Good to be here. And thank you for your listeners. So some of our listeners have been asking about tender writing and bid writing and so I thought it would be an opportune time to have a chat with you. Can you tell us a little bit about what you actually do? Corporate Supremacy provides advice in tender writing, grant writing, health, safety, environment, information, security management and a a range of business services, risk management, governance and the like. So all the back-of-house corporate services that businesses need to be able to function With COVID and some of the other things that's been happening in the world lately, there's been some government money and some private money for people to be able to access. But of course, to access that, they need to be able to write tenders and write them properly and successfully. So is there a few places that we should be looking to see if we can be in the running for these kind of tenders and opportunities? Uh, Yes, there is, uh, Cathy. Tenders are designed by government and private industry to source a market to supply goods and services to government agencies and the like and, and each uh, government both the local in local state and federal have portals that uh, businesses can access free of charge to obtain tender information and to submit their bid in western australia for example the website is tenders.wa.gov.au uh, and that'll take you to the, the tender portal. Uh, federal government in, in Australia, uh, austender.gov.au. And then with local government, you need to go to the uh, individual local government and access tenders through their particular websites. And all these are free of charge. Okay, excellent. And for our overseas listeners, would they just Google local government tenders or what would they be looking for there? With overseas, the procurement process and tendering process is um, similar really across the world. It's the same principles. So I I would go to the relevant government uh, website and type in tenders, do a Google search, as, as you suggested, on tenders local government or tenders, you know, state government or federal, whatever their system of government is. And you'll be able to access their counties or their shires, whichever, because we have quite a few of our audience in America, Canada and the UK. Um, For some reason, we don't have very many New Zealanders who are not that far away from us. I'm quite sure why. But, but yeah, the principles of procurement are pretty much the same across the the Western world. Likewise, in other states in Australia, go to the relevant state uh, portal. So, for example, in uh, Queensland, Q tenders uh, is the uh, the body there that you would deal with. Okay, lovely. 
And who would be eligible for tenders? So can any business apply for a tender or would it be specific types of businesses? No, every business has an opportunity to submit a tender. There's no stopping that in, in the sense that it's available to all businesses. Whether you're successful in putting in a complying tender or a winning tender will depend on the tender scope and the specification and the pre-qualifications and compliance criteria around that. Not all businesses would be able to comply with certain aspects of tenders and depending on the size and scale of the tender and what it's for, then obviously it's uh, only open to certain businesses that can provide that good or services. So you need to be specific in terms of the types of tenders that you're accessing. Obviously look at your business model, your business strategy and then target tenders that meet that. Sure, and sometimes tenders do, they're only open for certain types of businesses, aren't they? So they might be targeting a startup or they might be targeting somebody who has five employees or more or that sort of thing. So just check the, the rules and regulations on the particular tender that you're looking at. Yes, the, the tender document itself will outline the rules applicable to that tender. It'll outline the types of organisations they're looking to engage and that'll be determined by pre-qualification and, and the like. So, for example, if it's a tender for construction projects, then only construction companies would uh, be able to apply for that uh, bid. Sure. So I guess it's a case of just looking at your business structure, like you said, and just do some research. And of course, a lot of governments have small business agencies and things like that, that you can speak to. And quite often they're free too. So look at your, your local facilities that are around your area and don't forget to ask for help. Yeah, that's right. And also find a tender that that is of interest to you, there is a contact person there that you can liaise with and seek any uh, clarification or if you've got any questions on the tender document, you can ask them those questions. For sure. And definitely do that rather than just sort of guess and then maybe be ineligible because you haven't quite dotted all the right I's, crossed all the right T's. So yeah, do ask for help there. Okay. Now that we've got an idea of where we're going to look and we've picked a tender that might suit us, Do you have some tips on things that we should be doing to make sure that our tenders are successful? Yes, there's really four key factors to a successful tender. The first one is is positioning. So understanding the buyer, the opportunity in the marketplace and where you fit into that. So when you download a tender and you read through the documentation, get an understanding of what the buyer is is looking to, to buy get an understanding of you know, who the organisation is, what they do, how they do it, uh, the types of procurement that they generally undertake, and get an understanding as to what type of organisation they're looking to engage. Uh, so that would be determined by things like you know, the type of tender, if it's a construction tender, a cleaning tender, you know, supply of you know, stationery or, or something like that. So look for what they're looking to buy and you know, determine whether you're the type of organisation that they're likely to engage to do that. And certainly look at the pre-qualification requirements. They're things that you must have. So, for example, a tender may require an organisation to have a certain licence or permit. Uh, Now, if you don't have that licence, then you're not eligible to, to apply for that tender. The other point is compliance, so ticking all the boxes and supplying all for the information requested. There's a compliance assessment in the tenders and you have to tick certain boxes and questions that you're going to get asked here are things like, are you prepared to accept the the government contract? 
Uh, do you have certain levels of insurance? Do you engage with subcontractors? Are you acting as a trust for another organisation? The compliance side is that sort of due diligence assessment on your business. So you might be required uh, to supply details of your financial uh, status, for example. Uh, so you need to be able to tick all those boxes to be able to, to get across the line because a number of tenders that are submitted can be knocked out at this stage and not proceed to the assessment stage, particularly if they don't meet the pre-qualification requirements. The third point then is persuasion, providing a compelling story and reason to select you. So the tender process in itself is a marketing exercise. You're trying to convince uh, the buyer to give you a contract to supply goods and services. So you need to market your business and present a compelling story as to why the selection panel should select you. And and remember that the panel isn't just going to be reading your tender submission. They're going to be reading, you know, the others that have been submitted as well. So it's very important to build that case like you would in any marketing exercise, you know, convince the buyer to give you the contract. The final point is the price, so having the right value strategy and being in the ballpark. So you need to be very clear on your pricing strategy. Do your research in terms of you know what's likely to be accepted by the buyer. The WA Tenders portal, for example, has a, a tab there where you can go and look at past contracts and get an idea as to what prices have been charged for certain contracts. So that will help you. So you need to do your, your research, have your pricing methodologies and strategies in place to be able to price it effectively. And, and you know, the tender document will outline the scope of works and specification and then provide you with a table to complete for your pricing. So in order to, to win a tender, you generally need to be across all four of those key factors. Okay, so that sounds great. So making sure that you've basically got all your ducks in a row and everything is done correctly. And if you don't have some of those criteria, making sure that you do actually go and get them or decide that that one's not actually going to apply for you because of that thing. So it's not a case of fake it till you make it or just put it in any way. You really are wasting your time if you haven't got those prerequisites. Also, with some tenders, they actually have set prices. So it's a case of making sure that you are addressing the points for the price that they're asking for. Yes, and I've submitted some tenders where uh, uh, the the organisation, say a local government, has received a grant, uh, received grant funding, and they've specified the fee that you're going to be paid. So therefore, the, the tender is about your capacity to do the job and your willingness to accept the work on that basis. And I guess with those sort of ones, it's a case of outlining what you'll actually do for the money that's available. And that then becomes, like you say, a marketing proposition to say, okay, we we have this amount of money and these are the things that we will be able to supply for that. And then, of course, it's actually supplying that and making sure that you are complying to what you've said you'll do if you do win the tender. Oh, exactly. It's all about you know, demonstrating your uh, capacity to, to really you know, deliver what they want, when they want it, at a price they're prepared to pay. And then the fourth point is demonstrating your organisational capacity to be able to do those things that you say you do. So the tender document will outline a scope of works or specification and you need to, to address in your tender how you're going to go about delivering that scope or specification. Fabulous. So then if you are successful with the tender, you also need to look at the the back end of that, don't you? And look at making sure that you can meet their acquittal requirements. So have you got any suggestions on how people should be looking at that kind of thing? 
Well, generally, if you're successful in winning a tender and you enter into a contract, that will outline the key performance indicators, the reporting requirements, the service delivery requirements or project delivery requirements. And and then there's a management, a contract management approach adopted to ensure that those things happen. So at each stage of the contract, when you reach certain milestones, you're going to be assessed on your capacity to deliver and then yeah, the contract has certain mechanisms in places around breaches of contract and the like. So from the agency's point of view, there's going to be a focus on contract management to ensure that the contract is actually delivered in accordance with the tender requirements. Okay, so basically we need to be very clear that we do fit the criteria yep. and that we are making each section or area to the best of our ability to fill that out. So if people are going through this contract process, the tendering process, and they realise that they may not quite have the English skills or the grammar skills or don't quite have that ability to make the story compelling, are there places or people that you can go to to get additional help on tender writing? There are a number of organisations out there that provide tender writing services for businesses. So it's a matter of just doing your research of the market, you know, Google search, uh, tender writing services, it'll bring up a, a number of organisations that can provide that. It really depends on the extent of the uh, services that you may need as to you know, whether you want them to write the whole document for you or or just do a component of it or you know, sort of uh, do an independent review it before you submit the document. It really depends on what your needs are. But yeah, importantly, if you are engaging an organisation to assist you, you can't uh, not involve yourself in the process. You've still got to be available to provide information, you know, assist in preparing the submission because they're going to need to extract information from you to understand your business. So it's not a case of sort of you know, give someone the job and then, you know, not, not involve yourself. And I think that's a very relevant point because sometimes people think, well, I'll just handball that across. Mm. But, of course, you know your business much better than anybody else and there will be questions in that that pertain specifically to your business. So you do need to be involved in that process yeah. and be able to provide those answers. David, you mentioned that we're talking about tenders and some of our audience may also be looking about grants. So are they different? Are tenders and grants the same thing? Are they just a different set of words or are they actually a different process or a different thing? They're certainly different in the sense that a tender is used by government to engage businesses to supply goods and services. So it could be the government going to tender to you know, for roadworks, for example, it's the supply of goods and services. Where a grant is where a government gives financial assistance to business to fulfil a business function. So a grant could be for, for business development, it could be an export grant. So it's actually the physical giving of cash to a business for a particular purpose, uh, where tenders you're actually applying to do work for the government. However, a lot of the information that you would compile for a tender, like you know details of your organisational 
capacity, your systems, procedures, key personnel and the like. They're the sort of questions that you're also going to get for a grant if you're submitting a grant application. So the process of developing a tender document, a tender submission is similar to developing a submission for a grant application. So if you were looking at doing those grants, because I know certainly here in Australia through COVID, there has been grant money and we were actually lucky enough to get some in our other business, Catco Enterprises, to deliver digital services. Would you still be able to engage somebody like yourself, a tender writer, to help you do that process? Yeah, there are organisations that do grant writing services. That's the same thing. You can get a person or organisation to help you prepare your grant application. Fabulous. And I guess with grants is sometimes they are until the money runs out. So you definitely need to be early to get those in because even though the close date may be several weeks in advance, if they've fulfilled that amount of money, that their grant will be closed. So sure you get things early. I think with grant applications, it's even more important. Yeah, no, that, that's right. I mean, some grants could be a timed closure, you know, closes Friday next week. Others could be ongoing, but you need to uh, engage with the funding body to determine, you know, what's required. Excellent. So there you go. Grants and tenders are two different things. So when you are looking at contracting somebody to help you, obviously it depends on the dollar figure that you're going for on the grant. If it's a smaller grant, it's probably not worth it. If it's a larger grant, then it's probably almost mandatory. What would you suggest for people looking at getting somebody to help them write that grant? Well, I think, you know, in terms of the type of organisation, you know, one that has experience in writing tenders in the industry that you're applying a tender for, uh, looking at their key personnel in the sense of do they have the experience themselves, getting an idea of what their previous capacity is in winning tenders or putting in complying tenders. Obviously, you know, are they, is it a price you're prepared to pay? to do that. But yeah, the the big thing is to understand their methodology in preparing a tender submission. So would you ask them for work they've done before or ask them to provide evidence of successful tenders? Is that an appropriate thing to be doing? No, that's fine. Yeah, provide evidence. Most of them do that. They they advertise, you know, their, their win rate. Excellent. Is there any final things that you would like to tell the audience about how to get successful at writing business tenders? One of the key things I drill into when I'm delivering presentations on tenders is the importance of presentation of your tender and making it easier for the uh, selection panel to read your tender and get answers to the questions. Remembering that they're not just going to be reading your submission, they're going to be reading the other submissions as well. So you need to make it easy for them to read, easy to find the answers to your questions. You need to answer all the questions and you need to provide all the information that they're asking. So don't leave anything in doubt and provide all the information and answer all the questions. And importantly, make sure you deliver the tender by the due date and time. Yes, that's a really good one, isn't it? Because if you're late... Exactly. So give yourself plenty of time. You don't want to be rushing around on the day it's due. And, yeah, make sure you deliver it by the due date and time. So is it best to deliver electronically or is it best to have them actually hand-delivered so that you've got somebody sign off or is it a case of depending on what the tender is requiring? The, the tender rules will outline the delivery arrangements, but you'll find that most tenders, or particularly uh, government tenders now, are using their particular uh, tender portals. So you download the documentation from that portal and then when you come to 
uh, finalise your submission, you upload that through the same portal. So that's very important, not to wait to the last moment because there'll be other people loading as well. And if that portal's a bit full, you might end up actually being pushed over the time. So make sure that you are doing it nice and early. Exactly. You know, and, and you can always bet that the uh, internet will go down or something like that. So, you know, don't, don't leave it at the last minute. But, um, yeah, so that, that's very important. Make it easier for them to read and make sure you deliver it by the due date and time. So with making it easy to read, should you be using larger font sizes so that the documents are bigger or is because if you're doing it through portals, that's all governed by the actual software that you're using? Yeah, it's governed by the um, software. But, but generally, when I say easy to read, it's, it's about the structure and presentation. There's short paragraphs, dot points, using graphs, flowcharts, diagrams, photos, headings, subheadings, very concise to the point, avoid waffle and repetition and the like. A compelling story that is to the point, gives the message, and if you can tell the story in other means, do so as well, rather than just pages and pages of text. And I guess examples, if you've done similar kind of work that you're able to then incorporate in and allow them to see that you are capable and have done this before. Exactly, because one of the questions you will get, demonstrate your history of completing similar projects or supply of goods. So if you've got some case studies of work that you've done in the past that's similar to that tender, then include that in there. So a sort of case study would address you know, what the project was, how you went about delivering it, you know, any issues that arose, how did you address those, and what the final outcome was. So if you didn't have any case studies or you hadn't done this kind of work before, what kind of evidence would you try to get to show that you would be able to fulfil this tender? One question that I get asked a lot is, you know, we're a new business. Uh, we've just, we're a start-up business, so we've got no evidence of that. But what I say to them, that the business entity might be new, but the people in it are not. So you can draw on the personal experience of your key personnel to help you answer those questions. So some of your key personnel may have worked on projects of a similar type before, so that bring that into your tender submission. Excellent. And if you have questions that are not applicable, it's definitely best to put an NA or not applicable rather than leave it blank so that they know you've actually completed yeah. um, that section of the tender. Yeah, definitely. Don't leave any anything to chance. You know, answer all the questions, whether it's not applicable or not. But, yeah, certainly if it's not applicable, write that. Fabulous. So is there any else that we haven't, things that we haven't covered that you think we should have? I think what I'd say about the tender process, tendering generally, is that it is a great way to earn new business. I mean, you can get access to, you know, bigger projects. The, the process of writing a tender can be time and resource intensive, particularly if it's your first one. It should be one component of your business development strategy. And you need to pick the right tenders that you think you can win and know you can deliver. So, you know, be particular about the type that you go for. Treat the process as a project in the sense that, you know, you need to make sure you deliver it by that due date and time. Look at things like win themes, you know, the special factors that would make you uh, stand out from the crowd and, and reinforce them throughout. And importantly, before you deliver it, undertake a critical review of the submission. So proofread and edit and make sure it reads well. You know, it's internally consistent, it's technically correct, it answers all the questions, those types of things. 
Fabulous. And with your proofreading, definitely get somebody who hasn't been involved to proofread it. So whether that be one of your local government agencies that will supply those kind of services, low cost or free, or tap into somebody like David's experience where you can get them to run an eye over it. Because unfortunately, read what we think's there, not necessarily what is there. So quite and we will miss words if we've been doing it ourselves. Okay, and at this point in the podcast, we ask five final questions. Are you game, David? Yes, well, I'm game to have a go at tenders. I put tenders in for myself and I help clients with tenders. So I've won tenders and I've lost tenders. Okay, and my five final questions for you, David, are what is the best advice you've been given to by a mentor? I think really to just get out there and have a go and try and achieve what you set out to achieve. And what is the biggest help you have received since starting your business? I think over time it's the support of uh, clients in the sense that they keep coming back. They're obviously happy. I've had clients for you know three, four, five years that uh, they keep coming back. They're, they're happy with my work. They're prepared to refer me to other organisations and I found that very helpful. What is the one thing that you have to do every day, your non-negotiable? I would say you know, that sort of day-to-day marketing through social media, checking LinkedIn, you know, doing posts, putting out information to help businesses, uh, contacting clients regularly. I think communication with clients is very important, so I try to communicate quite regularly with them. Fabulous. What is your favourite business book and why? I don't have a particular favourite, but the, the types of books that I generally read about business are around uh, business strategy, how, how to set a good strategy for business and, and execute that strategy. I think that's important. The, the business planning process is important. You, you've got a clear strategy in place because that uh, business plan more often than not helps inform your tender submission particularly around demonstrating your organisational capacity. So if you've got your strategy right and you've got a good strategical business plan, then a lot of that can help inform how you prepare your tenders and the information you include in them. Wonderful. And what do you wish you had known when you started your business? I think the key is the you know, trying to avoid the feast and famine type where you, know, you have a period of a lot of work and a period of not much work. And I've been fortunate to have steady work since I've been doing this. But I think uh, that was the thing that struck me first. When you go from a full-time corporate career into a, you're running your own business, the, you know, you're not re- receiving your uh, paycheck every fortnight or every month. So it's, uh, it's really about, you know, managing your cash flow is probably the big key with any small business. Yes, I think that's very relevant too and realising that sometimes there is a lag time between the work that you do and the payments you get, particularly if you are winning these tenders, that you will have to actually do the work often before the payment will come in. So that's great. And then importantly there is how you structure your pricing. If they're looking for a lump sum price, it could be a combination of milestone payments and hourly rates. So you know, if it's a project that lasts over two or three months, for example, that you're not having to wait until the end of the project, that you factor in milestones. So you achieve this, you'll get paid, you'll achieve that, you'll get paid, and then at the end of the project, you'll get your final payment. That That's important as well. So the pricing you know, is something that you've got to learn. 
So that's a, a very valid tip that you do need to look at your pricing and that might be a case of actually getting some advice on that mm. and then definitely contacting the person that's in control of the tender yeah. and seeing if there is any variance about being able to add in your milestones and other payment options. Yes. So that's a, a great tip. Okay, that's wonderful, David. So if people would like to contact you or know more about Corporate Supremacy, how do they get in touch? Yeah, well, my website is um, corporatesupremacy.com.au and they can contact me through email at david at corporatesupremacy.com.au or my uh, phone number is 04006864. So have a look at the website because it does go into detail about the services and advice that I can provide to business. Fabulous, and we'll drop all of those in the show notes. So thank you very much for your time, David, and I'm sure these tips will be useful to our audience. So SBT community, enjoy your journey. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe to Small Business Talk podcast and head on over to smallbusinesstalk.com.au forward slash downloads for all the show notes and links to this episode. Remember, to be great, you must start. Pick one tip from today's episode, take action and implement it. Let's meet again next week at the same time and place. Until then, take action. And SBT community, enjoy your journey.